0: Welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haints, Hooch, and history. Well, hello, everybody. I feel like I just did this. uh welcome to ozark saints and hooch this is dina i'm with dawn she's in south carolina i am in missouri we are getting ready to bring you what is this episode 11 11 yeah 11 of season 5 um Dawn's gonna bring you the story today and I would say that I did the drink but I didn't I mean I picked out the drink the first one she picked I didn't like um the one that she did this time it's already gone I've already drank it it was good we'll get to that later um we'll go through all the housekeeping stuff we have Facebook we have Instagram we um try to release on the first and the 15th of each month And try is a very strong word. Please listen to that part. Um, when you do listen to us on the first and the 15th of each month, please subscribe and give us all the stars. I know. I know. Sometimes we're not very professional, but we do the best we can. So please, please do it. Um, text disclaimer, my internet sucks. That's my tech disclaimer. It, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to do to make it better. Go to mom's. Two bars right now, so I'm not going to mom's. Okay. Been gone all day. I'm tired. I want to sit in my house. No, I mean in the future, not tonight, because we got to do this. All right. Um. Well, no, I'm gonna call and yell at my internet providers. What am okay. I do? Oh. Wrong. Um. What else? Oh, our website: OzarksHaintsAndHooch.weebly.com um anything else oh the tech disclaimer yeah yeah that besides the fact that my internet sucks um i think parker and lexi are coming over to do laundry here in a little bit so the dog's gonna get loud so you know be prepared for that they um just moved out they got a new house and the second week they were there their dryer quit so so they're coming over to do laundry well um Elvis is hurling his body against the door. So if you hear howling and knocking, that's it. I don't, I don't hear that. So that's, well, I think he's, he kind of got tired, but he may come back. Like he may get a second wind and come back, you know? So, all right. Um, I think the last thing I'm going to say is that, um, our Patreon, go visit our Patreon. Um, it does cost money to do what we do and we will accept graciously any type of help you would like to give us to make this still happen yeah um i don't think we have any shout outs um we do love our patrons thank you thank you patrons for what you do and i'm gonna turn it oh no we got to do the drink do you want me to do the drink are you gonna do it you do it because i don't even have it up but man is it good we was good. Like I, I, I forced myself not to drink the whole thing. Yeah, Demon I didn't morning. do that. Had the whole thing. Oh, uh, nope, I drank it, and it was good. Okay, so it's called the UFO. You mm. take it. Yeah. Wonder why? Sorry. You take a one shot of coffee liqueur, a shot of amaretto um three quarters a cup of vanilla ice cream and a slash a half and half um and there's ground cinnamon involved too but you put about a half a cup of crushed ice in a blender or a magic what's that thing that i have magic blender bullet magic bullet that's what i have um i crushed my ice in that too uh Oh. So you put a half a cup of crushed ice in the blender and then you add everything except the cinnamon. You blend till smooth. And it said put in a couple of chilled cocktail glasses. A couple. A couple. I know that made me laugh. I was like, forget yeah, that. That's hilarious. I drank both of them, evidently. And that wasn't already. much either. That made no. me like what what measuring is cum- it a shot? Is it yeah. supposed to be a shot? I don't know. Anyway, and then you sprinkle it with cinnamon and boy howdy it's good mine's it's going yeah me it reminds me that I need to make some more homemade baileys kind of tastes like that with some cinnamony it's yeah, yummy it's good it's like a we'll make this one if you haven't made one in a minute make this one yes I agree all right I'm gonna let Don talk okay I am so excited about this one for two reasons. Number one, you guys would not even believe how early we're recording. Like our Patreons Amazing. that get an early episode, our patrons, they're getting one. It's crazy. And <laughs> um, um when um I've actually done some research. Like I had enough time to really research this. And I'm excited because I didn't know anything about it, and it's really interesting to me. And to go along with it, um, I'm going to go see my sweet son this weekend, who is at a Air Force base, and uh, they are all locked down because of all the horrible stuff that's going on in the world. So when I say I'm going to go see him, I'm not sure how much of him I'm going to see, but he got me tickets to go to a NASA open house and where he is. Um, is the first NASA Research Center. And I was there in 2016, the day the whole thing shut down because Trump uh, insulted somebody. I can't remember who that was. He insulted somebody. I don't remember if it was Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is or whatever, but I was there the day they shut the base down and NASA put up giant barricades in front and the, and actually we thought i was going to get stuck so um Ugh. never taken those barricades down until now and i guess they only do these open houses once um every 10 years or so so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i am so excited cuz i always wanted to be an astronaut so that brings us to our story oh my god you guys this is so cool um so if you if you take a map of the United States and you put it on the table and you tie a string um, and stretch it from a little south of San Jose, California to- San Jose, San- right outside of San Jose. You can tell Dina's already had Sorry. her drink. Um, and you go from San Jose, California all the way to the border on the Atlantic Ocean between Virginia and North Carolina. That is the line known as the 37th Parallel North, also known as the American Alien Highway, the UFO Highway, and the Paranormal Highway. And guess where it goes right the freak through the Ozarks. I mean, right the freak through if you look at the maps that we're going to put on um, on the line on the website, um, you'll see that the actual border is just. I mean, it's so it's it, it's almost on the Arkansas Missouri border, but it's a little bit in Missouri, and so they say the zone stretches about seventy miles either side of the parallel. Um, this line on the map ha, ha, is just scattered with cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, underground military bases, nat- ancient native sacred sites um all kinds of paranormal stuff um and and you know well uh, so let me let me give you some of the landmarks that are on this line. Um, the Pentagon, mm-hmm. Fort Knox, and oh. Washington DC. Okay, so do you remember that whole oh, um video? I don't know, was it on Facebook or maybe TikTok of the two guys and the rotating uh like diamond above the Pentagon? Yeah, like there was a rotating. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, pyramid, pyramid. Yeah, I just actually yeah, yeah. watched that like two days ago or something. Um okay yeah. so Pentagon Fort Knox DC Mammoth Cave nat- National Park which is that's that's a groovy weird place Now this says the notorious New Mexico dulce base I don't know about that Los Alamos where part of the bomb was made Colorado's Mesa Verde which is um a big rock formation that's supposed to be um it's an ancient um indigenous site four corners where colorado utah arizona and new mexico meet that's kind of weird aztec new mexico which is where a ufo crashed in 1948 death valley area 51 the grand canyon utah's moab and canyonlands national parks And uh, part of the Ozarks, most especially the Joplin area. And if you guys have heard our two episodes on Joplin, there is so much stuff there. The spook light, the devil's promenade. I mean, and then it goes right above Oklahoma. Um, Outside the U.S., it passes through Grenada, Spain, which is documented UFO sightings since 1976. Fukushima, Japan, the site of the 2011 earthquake and nuclear disaster, and the border between North and South Korea. So kind of weird. Here's some weird facts about this, and then I'm going to get into some nitty gritty stuff. But Americans living north of the 37th parallel are twice as likely to develop multiple sclerosis than those who live south. They think this may have to do with lower amounts of sunlight north of the line as MS seems to be related to a lack of vitamin D. Um, There are economic impacts as well. In 2010, homes below the 37th were more likely to default on mortgages. I don't know, that's kind of weird. So from an article in USA Today There is this dude named Chuck Zukowski, who's a very chatty ufologist, ufologist, who goes by the nicknames UFO Nut and the Mulder of El Paso, Colorado. Um, And so you'll see YouTubes of him, and he's been around the UFO folks for a long time. But he, um, in this USA Today article, he was talking about this book, which I did not have time to read, but I am totally going to, called The 37th Parallel, The Secret Truth Behind America's UFO Highway. It's um, from Atria Books, and the author is Ben Mesrich. So in the book, it says, along this desolate, largely uninhabited stretch of land, and he's really meaning the Western part of it, mysterious things seem to happen with eerie frequency flying objects, quote, thousands of mutilated cows and horses, drained of blood and missing surgically removed reproductive organs, tongues and ears, unexplained lights darting in the sky, alleged underground military installations, end quote. And like I said, that particular guy um, searches mostly in the Southwest. So then I found this other website, that is an Australian news source who quotes this same guy, this um, Ben Mesrich. Um, and on this website, which we've got a link on the um, web page for it, he lists 10 famous and specific sightings along the 37th parallel. So I'm going to focus on the two in the Ozarks. So let right. me just say, like, I fancy myself sort of a UFO I, I I like reading about it and I didn't know about the 37th parallel and I didn't know about one of these, the one I'm going to talk about first. I didn't know about this. So Dina, yeah, I don't know. Okay. If you... So late in the evening of February 21st, 1973, the coach of the Piedmont Missouri high school basketball team, Reggie Bone along with two of his staff and three of his players would board the school bus following a playoff defeat. Once he had everyone on board, they would proceed to highway 60 in Southern Missouri on their way home. This is the road I take to go to my family's house. Um, and I've got a map of it too. I've got a map that's got some points on it of all this stuff I talk about. Um, the road was lined with trees because it's right smack in the middle of the Mark Twain National Forest. So, Dina, for you, it's like kind of where Elsinore is. Do you know where that is? Eminence, oh. Van Buren, Elsinore. It's like that's all on Highway 60 there. Um you know where Eminence and Van Buren are. Elsinore is before it. Um, so the road is really twisty and it's dark, like it's pretty. Uh, uninhabited, and it would have way been uninhabited in 1973. So they're about 20 miles outside of Piedmont, and Piedmont is, I, if I'm remembering right, northeast of Van Buren. And the coach first noticed a bright shaft of light beaming down out of the sky. Whatever it was, he knew that it wasn't a helicopter or an airplane. So they're on the bus and he asks aloud what the strange glow was, which made everyone turn their attention to the sky. It appeared to be descending slightly to their left over a field. Um, They continued towards the Brushy Creek area, and this is just north of Elsinore and you'll see this on the map. Um, Brushy Creek is a trailhead in the Mark Twain National Forest And as they passed through, one of the players would alert everyone to the object's presence again. This time, the coach would pull the bus to the side of the road. Then he and everybody exited the vehicle to get a closer look. They could see the object was only 200 yards away. Oh, my God, that's too close. Although they couldn't determine an actual shape due to the otherwise pitch black um, that engulfed them, they were able to clearly see the lights. The coach would claim to see four lights that looked like portholes, red, green, amber, white. They would go on to estimate these lights to be about three to four feet apart from each other. Furthermore, they appeared to be in a perfect line perhaps suggesting a cigar or disc shape to the craft. It was still in the air, just hovering about 400 feet above the ground. The players and coach remained silent and motionless watching this light show. The object remained motionless for about 10 minutes. Then without warning, it would shoot directly upwards and out of sight. All reported it made no noise whatsoever. Okay, then I'm going to go off on a tangent for a minute. So, okay. I realized this is a freaking Australian news source. However, so much of their as I as I got a map out and I'm trying to figure out where they were cuz truly I I know every inch of Highway 60. I've been driving it for like 25 years cuz I always have lived east of my family and that's the road across southern Missouri that you take, right? They called it, they called it Bushy Creek instead of Brushy Creek. They misspelled some of the town names that they were talking about. So please, for the love of God, if you're going to write something, check your freaking sources because it was hard to find this. But um, as I read through the other articles, I think, I think I know what they're talking about and you'll see that on the map. Okay, this is from a local news source called KSDK. Um, Piedmont, Missouri has been named the UFO capital of the Show Me State. We got that designation later. Sarah Phillips, executive director of the Piedmont Area Chamber of Commerce, said, my grandpa loved to spin a tall tale about things he saw. And in small towns across the Show Me State, seemingly everyone has a story But in Piedmont, um, the stories are out of this world. She says, I had a gentleman sit at my desk and cry about how things that he has seen have illuminated and changed his life over the years. My husband and I moved back here years ago, and he swears he saw some kind of lights. Um, The Wayne County community was named the UFO capital of Missouri after the 1973 incident. Um, Phillips said there. after that incident, there were over 500 reported sightings of UFOs in the area. One resident said that if they had to estimate, half of the residents had seen something in the sky. I mean, that's kind of amazing, right? Yeah. So Clearwater Lake, which is just north of Piedmont, you'll see that on the map too, becomes kind of the epicenter of that. And this is from Sheen, Sheen. Sean Rost, or Rost, R-O-S-T, of the State Historical Society of Missouri. He says, there are people reporting seeing lights above the water. There are people seeing lights under the water. The FBI came in back then and tons of military just trying to prove that it was something explainable and they weren't able to. Over the years, many of these sightings have been determined to be aircraft or even weather phenomena, but that doesn't explain why sightings are still happening today near Clearwater Lake. Uh, This guy goes on to say, no, this is the Phillips woman. There was this light that looked like a star. and No, this is someone completely different. There was this light that looked like a star and it just set up there. Dr. Darren Bauer said... We were just watching it and it went to the side and then went back. And I was like, what are we watching? Bauer and his girlfriend, who is a retired Air Force colonel named Tracy Edwards, shot video of an object in the sky over their Piedmont area farm. Edwards said it was frightening, actually, to me. It started getting closer to us. And I was like, you know, something tells me we ought to go inside. (laughs) And it was too close for comfort for me. I didn't even look out the window. I didn't want anybody to look out the window. I knew what it was. I knew it truly was a UFO. It's unknown what exactly they captured on video. But Bauer said, it's definitely something in the sky doing that. A UFO of some sort, it would have to be. I don't see stars doing that. It's maybe a little self-centered to think that we're the only thing out there in the whole universe, Phillips said. Am I saying there are aliens living under Clearwater Lake that are beaming UFOs up out of the lake? Probably not. (laughs) The Piedmont Area Chamber of Commerce recently celebrated the 50th anniversary of the sightings. And this uh, guy, Bauer, and his girlfriend, Tracy Edwards, I put the UFO, uh, not UFO, the YouTube link of an interview with them on the website, so um, you can see them talk about this. Okay. So, okay, that all happens in you know 1973 and later, but back to 1973, at the te- same time that the coach and all the players saw what they saw, this woman named Edith Boatwright saw a similar thing very close. About 12 miles away from where the players stopped the bus, in Mill Spring, Missouri, Edith Boatwright was just preparing to go to bed when she noticed the strange lights of a low-flying object outside her home. Okay, that would freak me the hell out. Like, if I'm in a car and it's far enough away that I could deal with that, but if I start seeing lights in my house, and then I'll I'll tell you a UFO story later, but oh my God, no. Um, So it was a little after 10, she recalled noticing a flash outside the bedroom window. As their home was next to the highway, she thought the flash might have been the result of of a traffic accident. So she gets up out of bed and goes over to the window. She could see a strange craft outside moving almost silently. She would report a whoosh sound and further state, I think there were people in it. I could see objects moving but could not make out any form of a person. She watched it for several moments before it vanished from her sight. So the fact that two separate groups of people saw it, I mean, come on, you know. Uh So the following evening on the 22nd of February in 73 came another sighting in the same region as the where the bus stopped. While driving in the Brushy Creek area of Piedmont, Roy and Beth Birch and Kathy Keith would would report strange green, white, amber and red lights. They would even attempt to catch up with the strange object at one point, traveling over 70 miles per hour, but were unable to keep up. Many other people in the Brushy Creek area would also report the sighting. This is the day after that. Four days later, on the 26th, Pat, Tony, and Will Freeman would report a luminous object moving near the tip-top mountains. I don't know where that is, but maybe somebody can find it. Um, They would report it was solid with prongs on it and that it had a red light. On March 1st, Earl Turnbow was driving along Highway 49 a little after 9 p.m. He would report that he had just driven over a hill when an object, quote, lit up like a circus, hovered ahead of his vehicle. Um, In what was only a second, the object vanished out of sight. Turnbow would witness another strange craft on March 14th while he was driving through the same area. As a thunderstorm sent rain crashing onto all below, he would notice an amber light in a field running along the roadside. He brought his car to a halt and watched the object for around 10 minutes. He would later recall when the lightning flashed, I could see a dome shape with sort of an antenna at the top. Turnbow believes the amber light was the tip of this antenna. He would also note how it wasn't making any noise at all. The following week, Turnbow would witness lights of green, yellow, red moving over the Brushy Creek region as he tended to his cattle. Okay, so there's constant reports of strange objects. On March 14th, a professional photographer, Maud Jeffress, managed to capture a small reddish ball that she believed was very high up. She also taught photography at the high school, claimed to have spotted the object at around 11 p.m., and would state, I cannot explain the object, however, it's not a lens flare or a light refraction. Carl Laxton would also report an object on the same evening as Jeffress captured her picture. He stated it was like a barrel with protrusions, like arms sticking out. He would further state that when the craft would tilt, a white light became visible, which in turn gave him a great view of the object. On the 21st of March, Kathy Leach and Gene Coleman were driving over the Clearwater Dam when they, oh man, witnessed something rise out of the lake. It was a little after nine when they saw a red flash on the water. They saw an object rise out of the water with red blinking lights, as well as constant yellow and white lights. The object made no no sound. When? No, thank you. Oh, the object made no sound and was visible for around five minutes. Their story was corroborated by Ken Johnson, the owner of the boat docks at Piedmont. Before the object burst through the surface of the water, he and campers at the docks would report a bright light moving right under the surface of the lake. Why do we not know about this? I mean, you weren't, but I was. I just, I mean, it's so close to us. Crazy. Okay. During the afternoon of the 22nd of March, around 4.30 p.m., Two Southeast Missouri State University students, Joe King and Ron Miller, were were driving along Highway 34. So this is a little bit east. They were around eight miles outside of Piedmont when each saw an oval-shaped craft in the sky just above the trees. They could clearly see the craft to be of a metallic material. It had a flat underside and a dome on top. On the same day at 7:30 p.m., KPWB radio newsman Dennis Kinney would claim to see a big orange light glowing from white to orange. His colleague Gary Sutton managed to capture several pictures of the object. They were very similar to the pictures taken by Maud Jeffress. So I looked at the pictures she took. You really can't tell. I mean you know, cameras weren't all that great back then. And so it's just sort of fuzzy red ball. Um, Let's see. The sightings continued throughout March and on into April. On April 3rd, um, a woman named Mrs. Stucker would witness one of the strange craft land. It was just afternoon and Mrs. Stucker was traveling down Highway 60 as she was going along she caught something shiny in the sky she would later describe it as round with the exception of a dome on top that was split into three pyramiding domes on the bottom of the craft there seemed to be tripod like landing legs it would vanish into the trees before emerging again She would later recall the object was hovering just above the treetop level to the right of the road. The craft was shining as if it were made of aluminum and didn't make a sound. Several days later, Mrs. Stucker would take investigators to the spot of the incident. They found broken trees in a 30-foot circle twisted counterclockwise. Although there was no radiation count, there was a strange ash discovered in the apparent landing area. Again, are you kidding me? And so then the uh, last sighting is um, the sightings of Oscar Willis. Now, these took place in Illinois, which is about 60 miles from Piedmont on the Missouri-Illinois border, but it shares many details with the sightings in Missouri. So he This guy received a call from a fellow employee stating that something strange was above the yard. I guess he worked in a construction yard. He'd go outside to navigate and about 200 yards in front of him was a saucer-shaped craft. He estimated it to be 30 feet wide. He also noticed a high-intensity red light with a lot of lights coming out of what seemed to be portholes. The lights would flash in such a way as to cause a spinning effect. Willis continued to walk slowly towards it. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> as he got to within Thunder a die, <laughs> within a hundred yards, the object disappeared behind the power plant, almost like a blur. Okay, so sorry. He worked at a power plant. He located again briefly as it hovered over a water pump at the plant He would take his eyes off it for a moment. When he looked back, it was gone. The object was seen heading toward the Missouri hills. Even more bizarre were the four jet planes that made repeated passes over the area minutes following the object's disappearance. Uh Uh Uh-huh. 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 Willis would further state the object moved at a pace he'd never seen before and furthermore was completely silent. Uh... Yeah. And this was also in 73. So, oh my God, that was a lot. And, yeah. Okay. So that's just one. That's just one. I'm going to do one more, which is not quite as long, but um, I meant to ask my friend Liz from Van Buren if she knew anything about this, because you would think if stuff like that happened in Forsyth, like the whole town would know even before. media. Yeah. So then the next Ozark um, incident along the 37th Parallel is pretty famous, and I had heard of it before, and it's the UFO crash and retrieval in Cape Girardeau in 1941. Do you know about that? No, I don't. Okay. I'm not a big UFO person like you are. I, know. I find it interesting, but it kind of freaks me out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So right before the U.S. entered the Second World War Pardon me, in the spring of 1941, about 15 miles away from Cape Girardeau, so I'm a little out of the Ozarks, but not much as well, not according to the new map, a strange out of control object screamed out of the night sky. It slammed into the ground, killing those on board. The incident had long existed as a legend of folklore, but when a lady named Charlotte Mann began to speak publicly of the night her grandfather received a strange phone call in response to the crash, it would make UFO researchers and enthusiasts reassess the account, and in some cases begin to dig deeper. According to Mann, after leaving the house late that evening, her grandfather returned home with a strange tale to rival the strangest of strange tales. Before he began to tell it, he stated clearly and precisely, you can never repeat it, and I will never speak of it again. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So Charlotte Mann's, uh, now, so she's a kid, obviously, in 41. So she starts talking about it in the late 70s. But it wasn't until she gave full interviews with UFO researchers throughout the 90s that the full story began to present itself. The interviews would result in several investigations and subsequent books. One example is called Covert Retrieval, Urban Legend or Hidden History. World War II era close encounter in the Missouri countryside. It would be a little over four decades after the incident around 1984, when Charlotte began to piece the events of that April evening in 1941 together. Her grandmother was in the final ugly stages of cancer, and it was during this time while Charlotte would sit and talk with her that the otherworldly events began to reveal themselves. She already clearly remembered that night firsthand. Um, her grandfather spoke calmly almost solemnly of what he had witnessed. I have typed the photographs so perhaps there is a photograph or I'm a crazy person and I don't know. Um, She remembers that it was somewhere between eight and nine in the evening when the phone rang summoning her grandfather who was a pastor He placed the receiver to his ear, spoke a little here and there before hanging up and gathering his coat. A car would be coming to pick him up. Uh, Charlotte was 13. She had no idea of the content of the conversation or where he was going. She learned later from her grandmother that the call had come from a nearby military base because you know there is one in Cape Girardeau. On that same spring evening, each believed the call to have come from the local sheriff. It seemed there had been some kind of aircraft crash. Her grandfather, Charlotte, believed, was to attend to administer Lat's last rites to the dead or dying. God, dead or dying. Diring. Diring. She, and I've only had like two-thirds of my drink. She was half correct. So the car came and her grandfather left. She would recall later about how her grandfather was not prone to dramatics, nor was he easily shaken, on this evening, however, his normally calm demeanor was now one of agitation, worry, and he paced around his property. So upon his arrival, the scene was a hive of activity. Military personnel, local police mingled with each other. Several men in suits, hmm who were the men in suits? Were they black? I guess so. Stood around the scene, mostly observing, but appearing very much in a position of authority. The centerpiece of the whole affair was the remains of a silver metallic disc almost embedded in the ground. Parts of the outer material had broken away in the collision. Over to one side, Huffman, this pastor Huffman, could see three small beings lined up neatly near the wreckage. He walked over to them. The strange creatures were clearly humanoid, but also clearly not human. One of them appeared to be alive but would soon pass away. He asked. He was asked by one of the plainclothes men if he would perform blessings over the dead beings. He did as requested, kneeling down in front of them. As he did so, he took in as much of their appearance and attire as he could. Their heads were clearly larger than their frail-looking bodies. Their eyes were large. Each was no more than around four feet tall and dressed in a tight-fitting one-piece suit that had the appearance of wrinkled up foil. Um, After performing the blessing, he stepped away. As he did, two of the plainclothes men picked up one of the beings, each holding it under one of his arms. In front of them, another man snapped a picture. Charlotte said later she suspected the photographs were for official documentation and for reference of the size of the being. Another point of view from Michael Huntington, a local Southeast Missouri travel writer and UFO researcher. Huffman was taken to a field where a group of firemen, police officers, and eventually the military were taking over the scene. The craft itself, at least while Huffman was in attendance, was open to view from all around thanks to the gaping wound in its exterior. Small seats were positioned inside, and he could make out lots of gauges and lights. A strange band of material he didn't know ran throughout the interior of the craft. On it was Egyptian type hieroglyphics, Egyptian. Hmm. There was also a brilliant shine to the outer layer of the craft, a shine that itself had an otherworldly quality to it. Um, upon arrival, it was a very different situation. It was not a conventional aircraft. He described it as a saucer, metallic in color. It had been broken open and he could walk up and see that. Um, And that was from Charlotte in a TV documentary about the crash. Um, According to Charlotte, nothing was ever mentioned about the evening's events. The military never again called on him, nor was any information ever given to them. It wasn't only her grandfather. It appeared no one in the town spoke of the incident, almost as if they'd simply forgotten the events. There is the question as to why no one else other than man came forward with any information. Many of the local police were present as well well as other locals responding to various requests for assistance. That said, given the obvious surreal nature of the moment as well as the times themselves, Authorities at the scene and in the immediate days following would likely have had little trouble appealing to the inner patriot and citizens. So, in other words, if the government told you to shut up, you did. Okay. Um, oh, um. Just coincidentally or not coincidentally, there seems to have been a wave of such crashes in and around North America during the 40s. For example, Roswell was the most famous crash. It happened in the 40s in 1948. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, I forget when Roswell was. Oh, my God. See, I'm not a good UFO person. Um, The 1948 Paradise Valley incident was another crash. In the Aztec Desert, New Mexico was another alien craft um, with 16 alien bodies, supposedly. Wow. Um, the US military in Sonora, Mexico, in October of 1941, found a crash in somewhere north of Georgia in 1942. Um, you know, why would there be an apparent interest in this part of the world from alien visitors? Many look at the events in Europe and the upcoming American embroilment in the Second World War off the back of Pearl Harbor as reasons for a rise in activity. Um, yeah. And then the other question is, if these accounts are true, why were so many of these alien crafts crash landing during this time? Kind of makes me wonder with all the stuff that's going on in the world, if, you know, there's going to be more alien interest, if that's what it is, um, in that part of the world. So, um... Other anomalies. So that's that's the Cape Girardeau incident. And I didn't go too in depth because it's really famous. And if you want to read about it, you could read about it all over the place, right? Yeah. But there have been some other anomalies I'm just going to mention. Um, they have been reported since the 1800s and earlier, if you include reports from Indigenous people. But the Joplin spook light was mentioned um, way at the top of the list. Um, because it was first written about in 1836. If you remember that, I think I did that. And um, it was seen by native people on the trail of tears in Missouri and Oklahoma. There've been lots of Missouri cattle mutilations beginning in 1975 and continue to be reported. Arkansas has had its share of cattle mutilations and a history of UFOs first reported as the Arkansas Airship Mystery. The 1894 Kansas UFO cattle mutilation is another incident, uh, maybe the earliest recorded event, but mutilation activity ramped up in the 1970s. In Kansas, thousands of cattle have turned up dead, enough that there was an FBI investigation in 1975, and the mutilations were making mainstream news um in march 2nd of 1975 in the new york times um they reported that ranchers along texas the texas and oklahoma border believe the relentless mutilations were the work of satanist cults they said this thing will probably end with the vernal equinox which is the same day as easter um unfortunately it didn't i mean there still are some mutilations that continue to the present day so this whole big line is just a crazy like now i want to go drive along it so do you really cuz i don't want to do that at all yeah maybe The only other thing I'll say is this Chuck Zukowski person, who is a crazy person, by the way, um, in one article said that here, he gave us a list of things you need if you're going to be a UFO investigator. All right. Let's find out. Yes. And then I'm done. All right. You need a law enforcement tactical vest that weighs about 11 kilograms, uh, and that was with all his gear, law enforcement tactical vest. A six centimeter steel pocket knife, a Leatherman multi-purpose knife, a flashlight that can illuminate blood on the ground. So I guess it's one of those really? black lights. Walkie-talkies if you travel with your team, a Glock pistol, I get I, a Garmin wow. GPS for when he's walking, law enforcement grade handheld metal detector, A tri field EMF meter used to detect electromagnetic fields because um, uh, alien spacecraft leave them too. A full spectrum digital camera modified to work in all modes of light, which nowadays are our phones. Glass Mm -hmm. vials to store samples. A Geiger counter, because everybody has one of those. Mm -hmm. And binoculars. All right. I know that, oh, that was a lot telescope and some uranium. <laughs> um, that maybe was a long time, man, I am just so, now I'm so obsessed. I've got to buy that book and read it. All right. I'm not going to. You do, gonna, do that. And then you let me know what it says because <laughs> okay. I'm not. You're not. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm not obsessed. maybe that's why. Well, Remember when we went to see fire in the sky and it freaked me out, and I had to go walk around the uh, yes, it freaks it me out because right? mm-hmm. it's probably true. And you know how many times we've talked about how the Ozarks are so magic, and maybe that's just why. Maybe mm-hmm. this weird parallel line is who knows? Yeah, maybe oh, I don't know.
1: There
0: yeah, you go, 37th parallel. Right. You hillbillies interesting. are Interesting. I'm not living in it right now. I'm not. Well, I'm not in it either. I'm not. I'm far. I'm not that far away, but I'm not in it. You are living in it. You are right, smack dab in it. Are you I kidding? thought you said it was in Elsinore? No, it stretches all the way around the world. It's a latitude line. Did you not hear my okay. very creative mm-hmm. first? Mm-hmm. I said? You're what? My very first creative sentence, which said, put a pin uh, in San Jose, California, and then put a pin all the way across to the Virginia, North Carolina, Atlantic Ocean border and stretch it. And that's where it that's okay. That's the line. Um, I heard San Jose. And that's it. That's where your brain. And then I was done. Okay. That's where my brain was. This is a latitude line that goes all the way around the earth because remember, I said it's in Spain, it's in yes, okay. But I thought that it like crossed or something in Elsinore, not in no Piedmont, Missouri is right around Elsinore. That's that one incident that's so famous, but you're in okay. it, and you and Arkansas because it says 70 miles oh, on either side of the line. Well Springfield's in all it. Right. Well, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> riveted. Were you riveted on everything I said? I was listening. I listened to all of it. I just missed that part because all I could think was San Josie. <laughs> oh God. Did it happen in hoon uh, Maybe who lie. Okay. Been January. Oh, it was Hebruary. February. February. All right. Well, yes, I did listen. It was good. Thank you, Dawn. Welcome. Um, You're welcome. We will talk to you folks later. Um, have a good rest of your evening, day, afternoon, morning. Don't let an alien we'll, you. Yeah. Don't get abducted and don't watch Fire in the Sky because it'll scare you. Yes, it will. Yeah. Oh. Bye. All right. Goodbye. And remember, you win. All right. And remember, <laughs> I'll be all right out of there. Okay. I'm just gonna edit that, Arya. Yeah. If you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, keep, keep your, your big, big mouth, mouth shut. <laughs>